Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 340 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by The Locker Room, now under the new name of Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Pillsy and I this Saturday morning, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. to get in on the conversation. It's interactive radio, Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. While we knew Marcus Hogberg wouldn't be back with the Senators, but he's officially found a new home. We'll get into that in great timing because we're going to Sweden for our Send Central citizen this week. Alex Linscog joins us. Really fun conversation with him. How does he follow a team that plays at 1 o'clock in the morning? We get that answer and a whole lot more. Plus, your classic Stanley Cup playoff talk with... Some news of the day regarding Montreal head coach Dominic Ducharme. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, June 18th, and Pilsy, it seems like Marcus Hogberg has given up on the NHL dream. Yeah, he's heading back to Sweden. What a deal for Marcus Hogberg. Four-year deal with, and our friend Alex is going to roast me for this, but Linkoping in the Swedish Hockey League. He really gave it to us with our Swedish pronunciations. He gets a good kick out of how bad we butcher them every single time. We try hard. We love the game. We try hard. Yeah, we try hard. There's no denying that. And uh, I've butchered even non-Swedish names before, so that's no nothing new for us. But yeah, for a guy like Marcus Hogberg, Man, it's tough. This is a guy, Ross, if you remember our Making Sense of the Sens days, I had high hopes for Marcus Hogberg. He was kind of the only goalie prospect in the system for quite a while. And he was the longest senator in the organization this year like because everyone got shipped out, but he was drafted, what, 2013? 2013, third-round pick. So you go back to 2013, the Ottawa Senators goalies, when Ottawa drafted Marcus Hogberg, was Craig Anderson, Ben Bishop, and Robin Leonard. Doesn't that feel like ages ago? That feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, we're talking about eight years ago. So that, was the year, that was the year Bishop was traded. So, man, you're going back a long, long time for that. But good on him. He goes back to the Swedish Hockey League, a league where he's had success in the past. You look at his numbers there. He's got a 922 save percentage over 95 games in six seasons before coming over to North America. And he grew up in the Linkoping youth organization as well. So he's going home. And we know that there's been some personal things in his life, the passing of his father, and that has to affect anybody. So you think maybe being closer to home was a priority for him rather than battling to be a third-string guy, maybe a backup at the NHL level, because he's going to get the bulk of the starts. And this is just a life situation for him. I believe, as much as it is hockey. He had a tough year. There's no questioning that on the ice. But we saw how good of a goalie he was when he kept Ottawa in so many games last year. 
we laugh at the overtime loss record, but those were games the Sens should not have even been in. Yeah, this is a guy that we saw his compete level. And you know what? Man, if you're looking at goalies, a young goalie growing up in Sweden, he did pretty good. He got a handful of NHL games. He got NHL money. He had that one-way deal this year. And you know what? He gave it his best. It didn't work out. It's not like it was a failure. Now he gets to go back home to Sweden. He probably signed a decent ticket there, a four-year deal. Obviously, they saw something in him that they liked. And yeah, Alex, our Central Citizen, was saying Marcus Hogberg probably will be one of the premier goalies in that league now. So No spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. But you know what like it's not like this is like a major downstep for him it's like you said a lifestyle change he's back home in his home country he's probably pretty thrilled about this I bet so happy trails to Marcus Hogberg and we wish him the best we'll be following along though we can't let a guy who's been in the organization get out of sight out of mind that quickly he was the first goalie on the show too yeah was he ever he set the tone for a goalie friendly show you can go back and check that out probably on SoundCloud I feel like that one Probably didn't come over to Locked On with our RSS feed. Drake did, but not Marcus, going way back to 2018. You interviewed him in the Brampton Beast locker room. He has come a long way, even from Brampton back to the SHL. So happy trails to Marcus Hogberg. There was more Senators news yesterday as Rod Brindamore won the Coach of the Year. You're like, huh, that's not Sens news, but... Not only did DJ Smith receive one second place vote and one third place vote for the award, but he was tied with the likes of John Cooper, whose team is still playing, and he finished ahead of Barry Trotz, who was criminally underrated in this. One third place vote for Barry Trotz? This guy's the best coach in the league. He's definitely one of them. Like one third place vote seems very strange. Uh-huh. Who, votes, who votes on these? I think it's the media. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like for Coach of the Year, the media really shouldn't be voting on this because I bet the there's prejudice and bias based on how they do their Zoom interviews, not how they actually coach the teams. Like, if a guy gives you a good quote every time, you're like, oh, Coach of the Year. Not media per se. It's the broadcasters. So in Ottawa's aspect, I believe it would be Dean Brown and Gord Wilson that get the votes for this award. So we're not questioning their credentials, both friends of the show. Oh, yeah. So. I don't even think that they'd be the guys to to vote for the hometown guy either. Yeah, it's interesting. You you got to wonder who ended up voting for him. But I think it was well-deserved, Ross. We pumped up the betonline.ag stats for DJ Smith. Was it? Didn't he have the worst odds worst of the odds entire in the field? Yep. That's crazy. And he ended up finishing, I don't want to say, I don't want to say high up in the rankings. Above but I mean, expectations. When you're, when you're talking about him being right beside John Cooper, I mean, that's incredible. And I think people really realize what DJ Smith has done with this team. It's not like he, the, the, this is a team that's like the lightning is stacked with talent and he's just riding their coattails. He's one of the main reasons why this team stays competitive and night in and night out guys on teams with way more talent are worried to play the sense because they know they're going to battle. If the Sens had made the playoffs, I know, pipe dream and all that, but he would have won coach of the year. Like, just the fact that he got two votes and they finished eight points out He would have been a finalist for sure. For sure a finalist. Just for completeness sake, the finalists were Dean Evason in Minnesota. Well-deserved. He had 24 first-place votes as well. And then Joel Quenville coming in third, just behind Evanson 
with 21 first place votes, but this was Rod Brindamore's the whole way. Ottawa boy, we should say, and he just signed a three-year extension as head coach with the Carolina Hurricanes, which, I mean, you heard Seattle was coming knocking. It sounds like Rick Tockett, by the way, is having his third interview with the Kraken. So stay tuned for that. I think that would be a great fit for him. Yeah, I think Rick Talk is a great coach, and he was just one of those guys that was stuck in an unfortunate situation in Arizona, and he's probably better off to not being there anymore and getting a chance to be the likely favorite candidate for the Seattle Kraken. Now, Ross, we had coach of the year. I want to talk quickly about GM of the year. Did you see Before the Before we get to that, how about Laleem's Martian saying that this should have been Jack Capuano's <laughs> award, the way that the media's been talking about him this week? Yeah, how many votes would he have gotten as head coach of the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres? He would have ran away with this one. But uh, yeah, as a, with GM of the year, the finalists were Mark Bergevin, Lou Lamorello, and Bill Zito. And I'm going to make my, my pick here. I'm going with Bill Zito, Ross. This is a guy who really flipped that Florida team on its head. They let go of two 25-plus goal scorers in Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadanov. Just... Just let him go. Didn't trade him. Didn't try to resign him. Just said, you know what? We're going to change the culture here. We don't need your 50 goals on our team anymore. And it ended up working out well. They got Carter Verhege, who had the same amount of points as Mike Hoffman. And then this one sucks to talk about, but they got Anthony Duclair on an incredible contract. And he outscored Evgeny Dadnov by a mile. So Tied in playoff points, though. Yeah, yeah, but we're not talking about playoff points. But yeah. like that's uh, that's the thing. Like, and remember that controversy of him sitting and he was going to scratch Keith Yandel, and the team lost their mind and they banded together and ended up having an amazing season. So I think I think it's Bill Zito's award for me. That's my pick. Who you got? The GM award is kind of silly because these other awards are all voted on at the end of the regular season. The GM of the year is voted on during the playoffs. It's always just whoever's left like Pierre Dorian in 2017 his big moves were picking up Tommy Wingles Alex Burroughs and Victor Stolberg and he was a finalist for GM of the year although you could say that year his most important move was getting Mike Condon uh for that run when Craig Anderson fifth round pick was injured so that definitely played a role there I gotta go with my boy Lou just because of the additions he's made to a core yeah give Gar Snow credit I guess for what he started building on Long Island, but everything that Lou has touched turned to gold here. He brought in Varlamov. He brought in Pajot, who's leading the team in points in the but third round. But weren't those moves that he did last year? Well, how about Paul Mary? Seven goals this postseason. Travis Zajac goes from healthy scratch to coming in and making a huge impact. So the And not only that, he brought back together the line of Sezikis Clutterbuck. They were missing their ace in the hole. He goes out, he's like, no, Matt Martin, you're a Long Island guy. You got to come back. I know you're in Toronto. You're not going to win anything there. So come back and win with me. So bringing back Matt Martin, there's an underrated move for me there. He stabilized the decor. Um, you, you know, they he traded had, away Taves, though. <laughs> that's the thing. They, they had some cap constraints, so he decided to reallocate that money. They gave Pajot a $5 million ticket, and people are questioning it from the outside, but all Lou Lamorello does is win. It's just – you know, in, in his jeans and say what you want about Not last the, night, though. the way he goes about it. Yeah, we'll get to that. We actually should get to our Sense Central Citizen because we've got a great conversation with Alex Linscog coming up. Without further ado, here he is. This week's Sense Central Citizen, it's Alex Linscog. 
All right, we now welcome this week's Send Central Citizen. We're going all the way to Sweden for this one. Alex Linskog joins us. Alex, welcome to Locked On Senators. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm great. Uh, we got to get right into it. So you're in Sweden, yeah. and Ottawa has had many connections, the Senators, with Sweden, going back to Daniel Alfredson, Eric Carlson, the list goes on and on. How did you initially become an Ottawa Senators fan? Yeah, to begin with, I share for a team here in Sweden, uh, which is Djurgården, uh, or Djurgården as you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, and and uh, actually, we have to uh, back the clock until uh, the draft in 2011. Yep. But the Ottawa Senators, uh, they uh, picked two youngsters from Djurgården in that draft. One in the first round and one in the fifth round. And, my, and I have a trivia question for you guys. Can you name those two players? I know the one, but... I'm going to let Pilsy get the easy one. I have no idea. Well, the first one's Mika Zibanejad, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the fifth round pick, I don't know. Yeah, that's, Fre- Freddie, uh, Ross might get this. Freddie Clayson? Yeah, it's good. Nice. Yeah, let's go. Good daily, Ross. Good one. That's awesome. I can't pronounce anything, but my mind works in mysterious ways. So when they were selected, you're like, oh, th- this makes sense. I-, I have to start following the team. Yeah, it's correct. I started uh, following the team that, uh, back in then, and... Uh, Ever since I've been a fan, so so when you're watching Mika Zibanejad when he's uh, at a young age, could you tell right away like this guy's a star? Like, is he the kind of guy that like he's the reason you're going to see these games because he's so exciting, or was it a little bit of a slower growth for him? Uh, I can see it right ahead. I, I mean, uh, he was a star there when he was uh, when he was uh, 17 years old, and he was already then one of one of Jurgen's uh, uh, best players in the in the in the SHL. So. Yeah, I could see the, that, and uh, I want to follow him. Are you watching a lot of Rangers games now, too? No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. Uh, not at all. Because uh, after I started to follow the Senators, uh, it took uh, maybe two or three years, and I have a new favorite player, and it wasn't Mika Zibanejad anymore. So my favorite player has been Paggio. Oh, really? Nice, yes, nice. Yeah. So, you just yeah. like the way he plays? Yeah, I like the way he plays, and uh, I interacted with him in, uh, in Instagram uh, for some years ago because he had some uh, sense fan question uh, evening, and I, uh, I asked him why he picked the number 44, uh, and, uh, and he gave me a, a really fun uh, answer. I'll see if I can find it. Nice, that's awesome. My question for him was why he, why he chose 44, and the answer was, I had number uh, 11 in junior, and Alfie had it, uh, and I wanted to play at least four times better than him, and that's why <laughs> that's why I choose 44. I like that. That's great. Hey, yeah. what, what a beauty, and, and he plays the game the right way. You know, he's always responsible defensively, and he comes up in big moments, much like Alfie, and I'm glad that uh, that, that came in. So I guess Stockholm is, is not close to Gothenburg, is it? No, it's not. It's it's like yeah, four or five uh, hours away. So no. Okay. So it's That's like Tro- it's like Toronto and Ottawa, a, a similar yeah. distance yeah. then, um, because we know Ottawa's had success going there with both Eric Carlson and, and Robin Leonard was selected out of the Ferlunda program as well. But yeah. in in the SHL, like, do you get to go to a lot of games? Obviously, outside of COVID times, and what's the atmosphere like? I'm always so curious to know the the in game atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere there is great, and I think Jurgården has the best fans in the in the whole Europe. Do you uh, guys, do they play at yeah. the Ericsson Globe? Sometimes they do, uh, mostly in the playoffs. Otherwise, they play in a small arena, uh, which is beside the Ericsson Globe. 
Uh, and it's, uh, it's an old arena from, I think, 1960 or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to get more into the atmosphere because uh, I've seen clips of hockey in Germany and in the Swiss League. And it's kind of like a soccer atmosphere. Like there's chants, yeah. there's songs. Like, is it the same thing in Sweden? Yeah, it's the same thing in Sweden. It's like, a, I, ha I hate to, to call it soccer because, because I'm a European. <laughs> yeah, sorry, football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, football for me, soccer for you. Uh, because because uh, in Djurgården, so they have uh, they have a football team as well, uh, who plays in the highest league in Sweden and was uh, was in the qualification round to the Champions League uh, last year. Yeah, in Sweden, uh, football is uh, larger than uh, than hockey, but uh, it's the same supporters. Uh, so so uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of Djurgården football and I'm a big fan of Djurgården hockey. So uh, at the football games, the attendance may be fifteen to sixteen thousand, but then the, the, the yeah in the hockey it's maybe seven to eight. Okay, yeah. So and the re the reason I asked about the chants and stuff and uh, Ross, I don't know if you were with me at this game, but uh, when the what was that World Hockey Tournament that they had with Team North America? I forget the oh, name. Oh, the of World it, Cup of Hockey. Of yeah, the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. yeah. So we were in Toronto at the time. Uh, tickets were super cheap. We were going to school there. So we were going to these games. And I was at a game where Sweden, I forget who they were playing, but one half of the arena would chant something in Swedish. And then the other half of the arena would chant something back. And we ended up asking them, like, hey, guys, we're hearing this chant, but obviously we don't know Sweden as Swedish, as you know, because we can't pronounce anything in Sweden. But I was asking them, what's that all about? And they were saying, yeah, what they do is they chant one side chants like, go Sweden. And then the other side chants, yeah, go Sweden again or in a different way. So like, it's like talking back and forth uh, between different sides of the rink. And it's like timed, like they know when to do it. So is that kind of thing going on uh, in the SHL as well? Yeah, it does. And I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, Jurgen has, has, has a chance that uh, when uh, one side of the, uh, of the arena sings fight and uh, the, the, the other uh, side answer Jurgen. So it's, you nice. go then like from uh, different sides the sport culture uh, is uh, it, it's different between uh, the North American style of uh, fans and and the European uh, size of fans it's a little bit it's a little bit more hardcore in uh, in Europe I mean look at the away fans if uh, you're going to face uh, Frolunda, for example, Frolunda will, will, will come to Stockholm with maybe 2,000 uh, fans. And you don't have uh, like that culture in, uh, in, uh, in the no. North America. Yeah, and it, I think it's because it's so far distance-wise to travel. I feel like Ottawa-Toronto, that's one thing. But if it's like yeah. Ottawa-Carolina, nobody's going to be making that drive down uh, like no. 20, no 20 plus hours. Um, I'm glad you're here, Alex, because, well, we, we more have to get into your origin story. But at the same time, we have some news to discuss. And I'm glad I have my Swedish pronunciation guide with me. Linkoping. Is, is, did I mess that up, the team in Sweden? No, Linkoping is actually correct in the, in the North American side to say it. But uh, here in Sweden, we, we say Linköping. Okay. Because we have, we have uh, three different uh, letters that, that uh, you don't use. We have, uh, it's O, uh, and O. Uh. And that's three, uh, three uh, letters that, that we only use in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. So. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Well, Marcus Hogberg has signed a four-year contract. Nice. With Link Yeah, Hoping. I saw that. 
Yeah, so what uh, what can he expect? Is that a, a good place for him to build his career, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, he's going to be the best uh, goaltender in, uh, in the SHL without any competition. Yeah, even better than Wallstead, yeah. hey? Yeah, he's going to be better than Wallstead. Or when you actually say, uh, say that, he, uh, in, the, in the SHL, it's a defensive league. It's a... It's a, it's it's a more uh, more the defense uh, defense than offense. So if you look at the points, uh, there is maybe one or two players in the whole league that uh, that scores one one point per game. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a goalie friendly league then. So we're happy yeah, that yeah, Marcus Hogberg is is sent over there. And yeah. you know what? I I always wish the best for Hogberg. It's too bad things didn't work out, and he was put in a tough situation this season. So I think he's going to do great in the SHL, and I think he'll be glad to be back home after spending so much time in North America. So that's great. Now I want to get back to the Ottawa Senators here, Alex. I see you got yeah. a Stutzla jersey hanging in your kitchen yeah. behind you. You gotta love yeah. that. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are what are some of the memories? from this season like are you able to watch most of the games or with the time difference and working it's tough or like just tell us what some of the fun memories you loved from this sense team this season were yeah uh it's one memory that uh, stood out for me uh, and it was the 5-1 comeback against yes. the Maple and i and i did watch that game so uh, what time the game start must must be one one o'clock in the morning How, yeah do you stay up well, do you have a nap what's your routine when you're about to watch the sends after midnight at the weekend, I uh, I stay up and co- and, uh, and watch uh, all the games at the weekends. But uh, on uh, regular days, I see the game uh, at the re- at the at the replay. So I go up at four in the morning, and then I have uh, like two or three hours uh, before I go into work, and then I uh, start my app on the TV and rewatch the game without any spoilers. So nice. that's uh, how that's I'm impressive. Doing. No spoilers. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I turned my phone into into flight mode. <laughs> it was one game I uh, I'm like screw it, and uh, that was a game against Calgary. That were since we're down five nothing of the two periods, and and then I thought they they never gonna come back from this. So I I can check the score. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. That's great, man. That just shows your your passion with the team. And you mentioned that you started following them in 2011 with with Mika coming in. Was there a yeah. most memorable playoff game that, that you remember? Something from the 2017 run or in 2013 against Montreal? They won that series as well. I know you're a Pajot guy, so maybe that four-goal game jumps out. Yeah, it was the four-goal uh, the, the four game against the Rangers. It was, uh, it, it was my best uh, – or it is my best uh, sense memory. Yeah, well, and, I mean, uh, Pajot, number 44, scoring four goals. That seems pretty yeah. appropriate. Absolutely. Yeah and, it was a, yeah, and it was a big comeback as well. I think we were down three, uh, three to five in uh, maybe three or four minutes left of the game. Yeah, and they were down two nothing. They were down three one. And then, yeah, five yeah, three, yeah, yeah. just over a minute left. And Pajot scored both of those goals to get the hat trick on the game tying goal. It was just the stuff that you make Hollywood movies out of really. And uh, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Totally then to, agree. to win the series as well after that, it just, it set the tone for, for the, the whole series for sure. And it was amazing to watch. So even though they're playing against Henrik Lundqvist, is he not some sort of God there? <laughs> yeah. He's a God, uh, both in, uh, especially in, in uh, Gothenburg because he's a Frölunda guy. Uh, and he's a and he's a hockey god in Sweden. I mean, everyone here loves him. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, Ottawa got the better of him in that series for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So you have a Tim Stutzla jersey. If you were to get another yeah. one, who would you put on the back of that? 
Ooh, soup, of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a soup guy. Nation, stand up. That's yeah. awesome. Now, what what color? You already got the black. So, would you go with the white or the reverse retros for Zoop? Uh, I will go with the reverse retro for Zoop. I'm one hundred percent. Yeah, those are awesome. So, we're heading into the off season here, Alex. Uh, a lot of things yeah. can happen. The expansion draft is happening. The draft. The Sens have tenth overall pick. In your mind, what's the number one thing that the Ottawa Senators need to do this off season? Uh, I don't uh, think they have to do uh, so much. A lot of guys uh, speak about uh, bringing uh, on uh, elite number one center. I don't think uh, that's the right uh, way to go. I mean, do we really need a, a number one center? We have Josh Norris. We have Shane Pinto. And I'm not giving up on Colin White just yet. Okay. So, okay, nice. So, I mean, does Vegas, does they have an elite number one center? They got Shannon Stevenson and uh, William Carlson. And uh, look at the Habs. Do they have a number one elite centerman? No. Oh, Good point. I'd argue they uh, barely have a second line center. <laughs> yeah. So look, they're, they're, they're tied with the Vegas. So. Yeah. But then you look at the other side, and uh, Matthew Barzal is definitely an elite number one center. Pajot is like a perfect guy to play behind that. And, and then Tampa's got like 12 elite centermen. They have so many that Tampa has to play the wing sometimes. But I do see what you're saying. So without an elite number one center, and we're seeing that, I guess, more this playoffs, that it's the big defensemen that are making a difference with Vegas and, and Montreal both very – and the Islanders and Tampa, all four teams left, have huge back ends. Do you see Eric Brandstrom and Victor Mete – both being on the same, out of the same six defensemen? No, I don't. Uh, to be honest with you, I think uh, the Sens are going to trade either Eric Brandstrom or Jake Sanderson. Because I don't, I, I don't see where, when we have both Shabbat, uh, Brandstrom, uh, and uh, Jake Sanderson uh, on, on the left side. I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, what, what about if Brandstrom moved to the right side? What are your thoughts on moving a left shot guy to the right side? Nah, I'm not uh, a big fan of that. I'm not. Okay. I will see. I will see three right defenders uh, at the right side. Okay. Yeah. So with with that, you're looking at a situation where I think it'd be Branstrom. Then you don't trade a fifth overall pick you haven't even seen in your organization yet. And at the same time, no. I I want to say underwhelming, but Pilsy, there were a lot of games this year where we recapped it and said that was Eric Branstrom's best game as a senator. Like. He is coming along, and he will be a good, good player. So it's, it's an interesting situation to be in, as long as they don't draft another left-shot defenseman this year. Like, you got to have room for everybody. But when I look at it when it comes to Victor Mete or Branstrom, how much more value would you get from Branstrom? And is the on-ice results that much different, at least at this point in their career? Of course, uh, Branstrom is the better player of, the, of uh, those two guys. But yeah. uh, I, I think... Victor, Victor Mete can accept a, a smaller role uh, yeah. in this team. He will be satisfied to just play 12 or 15 minutes a game. Uh, I don't think uh, Branson would do that. Uh, and uh, I also think that uh, Branson would be, a, would be a, a good piece in a package if, if the Sands want to uh, trade for a number one centerman. But you think they need something else this offseason or you would just stand the way that the team ended last year? Yeah, I mean, look at the last uh, 10 games. Yeah. They went 7-2-1, I think. Yeah, I've got it up here since the trade deadline. Uh, we have 10-3-1 since the trade deadline. Yeah, 
yeah, that's some sick uh, numbers. Yeah. yeah. So with with that hot end to the season, Alex, uh, final question for me. Thanks for taking time. And uh, I don't yeah. even know what time it is over there in Sweden. So thanks for taking the time. 530. To to we're pros after having Mads on. We, we're yeah. <laughs> true, true. So my final question, hot end of the season for the Sens. What is your official prediction for the Sens next season? Like, where do you think they're going to land? Are they going to be pushing for a playoff spot? Are they going to just sneak into the playoffs? Or is it another year of uh, young guys trying to learn and get better? Where do you see this team headed next season? I see them uh, uh, competing for a playoff spot. Uh, I do. But uh, it depends, uh, you know, what uh, division that they were, they were heading in. So if they're going to Atlantic... Uh, I see a, a, a little bit a little problem there. It'll be tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, if, if it is uh, another Canadian division season, I can see them uh, going to the playoffs. Yeah, it's really tough to see the Montreal Canadiens have so much success when Ottawa went 6-3-1 and won against them and really dominated yeah. that season series. So maybe if you're a Senators player at home right now, they're seeing that and saying, wow, we, we aren't that far from being a very – competitive team one thing we know is that it's the most competitive and most passionate fan base and you've proven that today Alex all the way from Sweden joining us really appreciate you taking some time today and I'm sure we'll catch up again down the road maybe right before next season we'll get you back on as well thanks for doing this Alex appreciate it yeah thanks for having me guys stick taps to Alex for joining us this week you can follow him on Twitter as well at Alex Linscog Pillsy it's been a long week. It's Friday. It's been a, a great week for Locked On Senators. We had Mad Sogard on the show, part one and two. You can check that out. Download wherever you get your podcasts, and we really appreciate if you'd leave us a review there as well. You can follow us on Twitter, at Central. But, Pilsy, we got another segment. I need it to be good. How should I power up and make sure that I'm at my best? Well, you already know where we're going. This the best way to power up is with a Built Bar protein bar. And Ross, you can easily get those at BuiltBar.com. I wonder if they could ship them out to our friends over in Denmark and Sweden. I know Mad Sogard with the training he's doing with Nikolai Ehlers and some other pros over there could definitely use a Built Bar to keep going. And our friend Alex in Sweden probably would love some Built Bars too. So let's see if they can ship all the way across the pond. But you know that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar is only from BuiltBar.com. There's so many amazing flavors to choose from. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So you chocolate lovers, you already know you're going to love every single flavor. They're soft and easy to chew. The texture is probably my favorite part of the whole Built Bar and they're also great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in something delicious. They'll fool you into thinking that this is a candy bar. Nah, it's a built bar because unlike candy bars, they're low calorie, low sugar. You like that right off the bat. And then you get a little boost with high protein and high fiber. For my Pillsy's pick of the day, we're bringing back an old flavor that is just around for a limited time. It's a pastry that I absolutely love. Ross, I don't think there's much better smells than fresh baked banana bread. Like a banana bread right out of the oven smells so amazing. So why not get that wrapped up in chocolate into a Built Bar? Check it out today at BuiltBar.com. It's banana nut bread flavor, one of my personal favorites. So go to BuiltBar.com and not only are they going to have great flavors for you, but we're going to hook you up with the promo code. Put promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Guys, once more, BuiltBar.com. 
Use promo code LOCKED15, check out Banana Nut Bread flavor, and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, Montreal hosting a semifinal for the Stanley Cup for the first time in six years. Vegas playing in Canada for the first time since they were eliminated by the Dallas Stars in last year's Western Conference final. So strange going back and forth, semifinal, conference, final. My mind's in a pretzel, but the bottom line is it's a big game. You need your head coach for big games. And Pilsy, due to an irregularity in his COVID test this morning, Dominic Ducharme, what do we say? He's questionable for tonight's game. He's at home. He's self-isolating. And further tests hopefully will negate any risk, and he should be right behind the bench where he belongs. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor or a scientist and uh, have some sort of prediction on what's going to happen. But we did see something similar to this with Pete DeBoer uh, a little while ago. There was an irregularity, that's the word I'm looking for, in his COVID test, but it ended up not being an issue and he was able to coach that game. So for the sake of the Montreal Canadiens actually standing a chance against Vegas, having their head coach is good. So we hope that uh, it's going to be all right for him. Coach or not, it's the players on the ice that are going to decide this game. Now it's a series tied at one. What do the Habs need to do if they want to take advantage of this newfound home ice advantage where if they just take care of the Bell Center, they're going to win this series? Oh, wow. I, I mean, if you can win all those home games, yeah, it's going to look good for you. But I, I think it really all comes down to Carey Price. Like the Habs just need to get one or two goals and Carey Price can stand on his head and lead them here. I think if they can get off to a quick start like they did in last game, especially at home with 3,500 fans, that's going to feel like 35,000 fans Swear in the God. Bell Center. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to be in good position to start that game. But I don't know if Vegas is going to let that happen again. Like, if, if Vegas is able to get that power play clicking, I mentioned last time, Montreal's penalty kill heading into that game was above 90% success rate in the playoffs. So, Vegas, if they're going to want to beat Carey Price, they're going to probably have to do it on the man advantage, and they're going to have to get past a, a stingy defense on that Habs team. Yeah, and a guy in Jeff Petrie who is terrifying with his eyes right now. Just bloodshot to boot, but doesn't seem to be affecting his play as Montreal, as they've done most of this season, had their top four D all play well over 20 minutes. And then Eric Gustafson, and uh, I can't even tell you who their six Romanov, right? Romanov, right. He'll, he'll be good for a hit or two. I forgot they entered him in the lineup for Brett Kulak a few games ago. So those guys will play 10, 12 minutes, and – they're just going to roll their big guns. And one thing that Vegas can take to, you know, give them a little confidence going into tonight's game is that the Tampa Bay Lightning stole back home ice advantage, winning 2-1 last night over the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum. Billsy, I know you're shaking your head. Parlay of the day. Your, your feng shui's off. And that's why we're taking the Friday off from our bet online reads. Give Pilsy a weekend to reset. And he'll be back at it. But what was your main takeaway from that Lightning Islanders game? That crowd, man, I would give so much to be there. My main takeaway is I'll, I'll never try to switch my stand and support the Islanders again. The what, this, this might be the only time in my entire life, Ross, that I said the Islanders going to win and I was supporting them. And mind you, classic Pilsy's parlay of the day. It was a one-goal game that decided it. So I was close. I got the under, which I said, but I didn't get the Islanders winning and – Never again. That's it. That's it. 
That's it. Well, uh, but if Ant- Anders Lee, if they go to the Stanley Cup Finals and Anders Lee comes back, I'll have to do a gut check and f- see how I feel there because that's Team of Destiny shit right there. Practice video yesterday alert. And uh, no, it was not Cole Caulfield this time at least. But Anders <laughs> Lee, and the caption said it, he looks like he's at full speed. He was taking line rushes. So you have to think his return is nearly imminent. Yeah, especially when it's an ACL that he was dealing with, right? So if he's skating powerful and is able to kind of do his C-cuts and his pivots and everything looks good on the knee, then I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be good to go. If Tampa wins the next game, the series is over, right? Yeah. I mean, coming back from 3-1 up against a team that's $20 million over the cap and defending Going Stanley Cup champions. On their way back to Tampa. Yeah, well, although that Tampa crowd... Doesn't really yeah. move the meter too much for me. It's like so a I, library. Yeah, I think it's more the the warm weather that the Lightning guys are used to that will <laughs> give them the spark rather than the crowd. But yeah, I think if this uh, if the Islanders can't win the next game, then they're in tough. Yeah, they are. I still have faith in the Islanders. You know, made the bet before the series, but this team is. I feel like they do best when their backs are up against the wall. So. It's tough to say that when it's only 2-1 through three games in the series, but it certainly feels that way, much like it did for the Lightning. They had to win game two, or else they were going back to to New York down 2-0, and at that point, series is going to slip away. But game four, this is as big as it gets. Pivotal. Could be tied, or we could be one game away from having half of the Stanley Cup final set. So we're going to be with you on Monday and in the locker room tomorrow. We'll be breaking down Vegas and Montreal. We're also going to take a ton of questions. So come with your spiciest takes to the locker room tomorrow. It is now Spotify Green Room. So don't get thrown off when you see a change. There's just growth within the company. That's what we like to do here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So when I mentioned come with your spiciest takes, we want to get back into draft season. It's like almost there. Once we hit July, we're, we're hitting the ground running because, right, you're looking now, it's like, you don't want to get too excited about a particular player. And then you have to wait a month until the draft. So it's getting there. July 23rd is the draft. We have our top 75. We're waiting for Wheeler and the EP draft guide to come out. And then the final rankings for us will be there. And remember, last year, the Sens took five different players that we profiled. This year, they don't have as many picks. So I'm not sure it'll be that high of a number. But if you want to be educated going into the draft, We are your number one stop shop with guests coming up. Scott Wheeler will be on and we're working on many others coming your way to get you the best information ahead of one of my favorite weekends of the year, Pilsy. I know you love draft time as well. Oh yeah, especially draft time when you've got a high pick and this could be like this 10th overall pick guy could be a pivotal player in this franchise like not we're not talking Tim Stutzla Jake Sanderson Brady Kachuk level obviously but this could be a guy that helps boost that core to the top so I'm so excited to see what happens and hey yeah like maybe trade up maybe trade down we don't know what the Sens are thinking here and then throw Seattle expansion draft in the mix too it's going to be an absolute wild offseason get Mason McTavish on this team he just fits perfectly need it that's my number one target for draft day we'll save the rest for the locker room tomorrow we'll see you there enjoy your friday guys for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day